This is Atenea Americana. Atenea Americana. Atenea Americana. A window to the Latin universe. Stanford. 90.1 FM. Radio Atenea Americana. This is Atenea Americana. Bilingual house of culture. On the air and online. Radio Atenea Americana. Su casa de la cultura en la radio y online. Para la radio 90.1 KCSU Stanford. I am Isabel Jubes. Isabel Jubes. Bienvenidos. Atenea Americana. Welcome. Bienvenidos. From Stanford to the world. And today, in Atenea Americana, we have a conversation with the Latino Community Foundation. And for that, our guest is their CEO, Jacqueline Martinez Garcel. Jacqueline has led the Latino Community Foundation through a clinical stage of growth and expansion. The foundation leads one of the largest networks of Latino philanthropy in the country and is the only statewide foundation solely focused on investing on Latino leaders. Jacqueline has published excessively on issues related to health, equity, vulnerable populations, and community health workers. During her tenure, she developed, evaluated, and expanded programs to improve the health and quality of cares for vulnerable populations. Jacqueline is talking to us today about the last year during the pandemic for the Latino Community Foundation and the state of philanthropy in the state and, of course, the state of philanthropy and philanthropic causes for Latinos in California. Stay with us to listen a little bit more about this and to learn more about the Latino Community Foundation. Remember that this and all our shows are at stanfordhispanicbroadcasting.org. Stay with us. So here we are again in Atenea Americana, and today our guest is the Latino Community Foundation, and uh, talking with us today is Jacqueline Martinez. Thank you for coming here and for sharing everything about the Latino Community Foundation. Hola, Isabel. So pleased to be with you this morning um, and to spend these last couple of days before the year is over talking about the great work of the foundation. Thank you for the invitation. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the Latino Community Foundation. Sure. So, um, I mean, we've spoken with you, with you and your audience before. So we are a statewide foundation invested in unleashing the power of Latinos in California. And we do it by investing in Latino-led organizations that are focused in building civic and economic power in our community. We do it also by creating a table of Latino philanthropists across the state of California that want to pay it forward and invest in the next generation of leaders. And we also do it by advocating on behalf of our community to ensure that both state and federal government is investing in our communities for our schools, housing, higher education opportunities, health access opportunities. And so for us, as the only foundation in California, we're trying to lift up our families and communities so that they have an opportunity to prosper um, as other families are doing so in California right now. Who are your main contributors? So we are blessed enough to work with a network of first and second generation Latinos that um, have gone to college 
gotten great jobs at places like Google and Apple, who are graduates from Stanford and Berkeley, who understand the sacrifices that their families have made to put them where they are today and who are interested in paying it forward um, and investing in that next generation of leaders. But we are also welcoming new folks. This last couple of years, we have people from all over the country of all racial ethnic backgrounds who understand that as Latinos go, so does the state of California. And so they are invested in the future um, of, our, of our populations because they know that when Latinos rise, so will the state of California. California. So for a few years, you guys have worked with Giving Circles. Can you tell us a little bit about what they are and how they're Yeah, we use this uh, really incredible model that is about grassroots philanthropy. We call it people-powered philanthropy. It's saying we want to redefine the concept that you need to be rich and powerful to be able to pay it forward. We want to create tables where people who are just beginning to understand uh, their they're having some disposable income and being able to put that aside to invest not just their resources, but their time and their talent and their treasures to um, help Latino-led organizations um, increase their revenue, grow their reach, deepen their impact. Um, we like to say that philanthropy is about the love of people and the love of community. It's not about the dollar amounts that we write on a check or that we do online. It is truly about standing in partnership with community leaders that are invested in the civic and economic power of our communities. And how do you go to form a circle or, or to be part of one? Yeah, well, right now we have about 20 giving circles across the state of California, and uh, they are multi-generational, multi-sector. So you have people working in banking, in, in tech, in nonprofit who come together and uh, decide once a month, right? And excuse me, they come together four times a year. And once a year, they give their collective resources um, to more than three or four nonprofits. So people can join any of those 20 giving circles that exist. But we also have new members coming in wanting to create new circles. For example, um, Isabel Valdez, who's a board member of the um, San Francisco Symphony, and she wants to create a giving circle for musician and artists. So she's gathered together 15 musicians, artists, Latinos and non-Latinos who want to come together to invest in Latino-led organizations. And so that giving circle is a new one that we will be launching this year. But if folks are interested in starting one, we just ask great 15 friends together. We will bring the wine. We can meet in person. We will bring some great food. We'll discuss the opportunities and the needs in the community. And there's a commitment that we ask that you do this for the long run so that it's not just a one-time thing, but that you're committed to stay the course until we begin to see the changes happening in our communities. They meet all around the state of California. Yeah, so we been... have giving circles in the Bay Area. We have in the Peninsula, Pleasanton. We have giving circles in the Central Valley, one in uh, Stanislaus, the other one in Fresno. We have giving circles in Los Angeles, in Orange County, in Santa Barbara. We have giving circles all across the state. And it's very easy to find them. You can go onto our website, look up Latino Giving Circle Network. We'll show you the map as to where the giving circles exist. You know, the, the only upside of these past 19 months is that we've been able to go virtual. So we have Giving Circle members as well that are not living in a specific 
region, but who want to be part of it because their families are in that region. And so they've been joining online and being part of the virtual conversations of how to invest these resources and learning how to leverage their collective power as philanthropists. And they've been able to meet in person in, during this time? Yeah, so interesting enough, we had a, a few. So the, the power of this giving circle are the friendships and the bonds that are formed. Um, some people come from all over the country or different parts of the world. A lot of Latinos are expats that come from Central and South America who want to create new friends. And so they really miss being together. So we had a couple of giving circles who got together for breakfast and made chilaquiles just to be together and talk about what they've learned about each other throughout this past year. Our LA giving circle came together uh, for dinner uh, to celebrate their wins. Um, they've invested over half a million in organizations across the Southern California. And together, um, Isabel, the giving circles have now invested a little over $2 million. And what's powerful about this is, is that it's everyday people who have aspirations to see their communities transformed, to see social justice uh, and, 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 and change happen deep in, the, in, in their community. So it's not about charity, right? So a lot of these folks have experienced the hardship of what it's like to um, be able to make it and break cycles of poverty in their own lives. And to be able to work now with other Latinos and non-Latinos that are committed to changing the circumstances that people live in um, is pretty profound. So there was a lot to both learn from this past year and commemorate and celebrate. We've lost a lot as Latinos, um, myself included, family members passed away last um, 16 months. It's been a difficult season of loss and heartbreak. And at the same time, it's been our communities that have, our families and communities that have come together to hold each other up. So these giving circles become that. They become another anchor that people get rooted in, where they can come together and not feel like they're doing life alone. So um, we celebrated that. And then we found ways where we can focus on greater things above ourselves, right? Our own pain hurts, but it gives us purpose when we begin to remember that there are more people that are more vulnerable than us and investing our time in helping them is why these giving circles exist. So what is different about this year other than a global pandemic? Yeah, well, the or fact that our lives that. were turned upside down because of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, a number of things. We've obviously uh, learned to adapt, right? So we couldn't be in the same rooms together. So we created these virtual spaces where people can grieve and heal and give back and, and lean on one another. Um, we also, this year, the Latino Community Foundation launched the Latino Power Fund. Um, this is probably one of the most important things that we'll do in the history of this organization. We are not an endowed foundation. And so we are trying to build the, 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 the pillars by which LCF can exist and withstand the types of crises that we've um, now faced in the last couple of years. Um, we launched this power fund with a goal of raising $50 million um, to invest in Latino-led organizations working on building civic and political power in California. But we also did it so that LCF can grow into a well-established community foundation that exists in the, for the long run in California. Latinos continue to grow in the state of California. They continue to prosper and invest in the future of California. And so we want to have a foundation that's ensuring that all Latinos 
are lifted up. Um, so this fund was a really big deal. We launched it on June 15, the same day that the governor announced that California had reopened. We did that on purpose because for the last year and a half, we've been hearing how essential Latinos are. They're the ones that have been working to keep our economy running. And we don't want folks to forget about that. And so we launched it on June 15 with a very strong message that yes, we are essential. We were essential before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and we will remain essential to California after the pandemic. And so we've raised already $10 million. Our goal is to raise the next 40 million in the next two to three years. Um, so we invite individual donors, we invite foundations, we invite corporations to be part of this movement to build this foundation that will continue to invest in Latino families and Latino communities in California. And every year you do have a, a big celebration bringing donors to San Francisco. Yes. Yes. Uh, but of course, this year has been complicated. <laughs> Yeah, um, the last two years were complicated. Um, we were not able, obviously, to host this big celebration. Um, we say philanthropy con sabor Latino, where people come together, celebrate a meal, dance, celebrate our culture, because we know that our culture is part of the power that we have to contribute to shaping this country. Um, so we went virtual this week, year, Isabel, and last year. And um, last year was really special because the pandemic came hit, you know, February, March, by May, we had to pull together an event online. And we were so proud to partner with Zoe Saldana, um, Benjamin Pratt, uh, Eva Langoria, to be able to bring a message of hope for communities that even though we were being hit really hard, the pandemic had already been for three to four months hitting our community so hard that we were not going to forget each other, that we saw the pain and that we saw each other and that we were going to stand with each other. This year, we celebrated our essential workers um, in June of this year, um, lifting up the farm worker community, for example, who have continued to work throughout this pandemic. Um, anything about food distribution, whether it's the farm workers cultivating the land or the folks driving the trucks to deliver the food to the supermarkets. I mean, you look and it's Latinos across the country that are doing these jobs. And so we celebrated them. We celebrated the nurses and teachers that are Latinos that are also serving on the front lines and making sure that we continue to live a somewhat normal life. Um, during that time in June of this year, we also commemorated over 25,000 lives had been lost at that moment in time. We're now over 30,000, so the losses continue. But we needed to pause um, and acknowledge uh, the pain and the heartbreak and um, remember those individuals and families that we have lost along the way. So it was um, a bittersweet moment, but again, a reminder that because we have each other, we can keep pressing forward. Um, and it was still a beautiful celebration. Lin-Manuel Miranda was a uh, part of it with his father, Luis Miranda. Um, and we just were able to just lift up uh, our, we say our, the love, the culture, and the power that keep us together during moments of crises. You told me about the fund for musicians or future musicians in California. What other kind of help are there from the giving circles or people who actually find a topic to give help? Have been yeah. able to well, in total this year, this has been a record year for us, Isabel. Um, we have now invested close to $20 million 
in Latino-led organizations across the state. This year alone, we invested $5.4 million. Um, we've invested those resources into organizations that are on, on the front line of helping families recover from this pandemic, uh, whether it is helping people find jobs and get re oriented into a new sector because a lot of people have had to shift and change jobs because their sectors have been completely hit by this pandemic. Um, we're also investing in Latino entrepreneurs and Latina small businesses. Uh, we launched an entrepreneurship fund this year to make sure that when we think about the recovery for California, that we center it on Latinas and Latinos. When we look back to the 2008 economic downfall, the, the recession that happened, it was because of Latinas and their, uh, their creativity and ingenuity to start new businesses that helped the state of California rise up again. And so as we think about the future forward, we are not only concerned, but trying to ensure that whether it's federal or state or our own philanthropic dollars, that we put Latinas at the front of that line to access those dollars. Because when they do, then our economy begins to build back more inclusive, more just, and stronger because we have opportunities for everyone to come in and share in the prosperity. Yeah, that's true. The, the giving circle started to be, at the beginning, a Latina a giving circle idea. And then it moved forward to a few years after to, to be... Latinos and Latinas. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Well, and now everybody who yeah, is interested yeah. in the cause. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right, Isabel. Um, it was 14 women in San Francisco who came together and rolled up their sleeves and said, we want to be part of the change and the solutions. Um, now we have, like I said, over 20 giving circles uh, representing all genders, uh, representing people from all over the state, um, from all ages. Our youngest giving circle member is in their early 20s and our eldest is in their late 60s, early 70s. So this is a table where everyone fits. <laughs> we say if there aren't enough chairs, let's add more. And if there aren't enough tables, let's create new ones. Um, so this is something that we know is ongoing and continue to grow. And um, we're just thankful that these Giving Circle members have been the lifeline uh, to stay connected to their communities during all these difficult um, changes that we've had to adapt to and the losses that we've had to face. So what are your plans for helping this new fund in the in the next year? Bueno, el Latino Power Fund is a big deal for us. Like I said, we're trying to raise an additional $40 million in the next two to three years. Um, we fully anticipate that folks all across the country will understand how important it is to invest in the civic and political power of Latinos. We have really important Senate races happening in 2022. And while we are a nonpartisan organization, we believe in building an electorate that represents the demographics of the state of California. And so we are intent in investing in civic organizations that are helping young Latinos register to vote, mobilize for local elections. We have two majoral elections, one in LA and one in Oakland that are going to be very very important to Latinos um, in, in the next couple of months as we think about 2022. 
Uh, a big part of what we will continue to expand is our entrepreneurship fund, because as I said already, it is critical that we center our recovery in Latinas that are the backbone of our economy, and they open businesses faster than any other demographic. And so we want to make sure that they have access to capital to grow their businesses. Um, and then our Giving Circle Network is kind of the foundational piece, right? As we build out the table of more Latinos that are paying it forward, we can build new dreams and, and elevate uh, the vision, the collective vision that we have where Latinos are thriving in the state of California. Well, I, I admire the everything you guys do, and I really wish that you can get to that goal as fast as possible <laughs> and uh, really feel uh, all the dreams of all the people that are are in need of your help and and you know the support of our community in general thank you isabel it's been uh such a whirlwind uh but we have remained anchored in our values of hope um, that things can change. It's not hope is not just a feeling. It is an action that requires that we prepare for the changes that we build for those changes. We know that change is possible. Um, and so we will remain in those um, values of hope and lead from a place of strength. We don't have an attitude of pobrecito Latinos. No, we know our power. We know what we are capable of doing. And when we invest in each other's dreams and aspirations, like I said earlier on, we all prosper. The state of California prospers because of it. So thank you for um, helping us elevate this message. Thank you for inviting us to be a part of this conversation today. And I hope all your listeners can um, conclude this here with optimism that change is right around the corner and that we are part of that solution that will bring it about. So thank you, Isabel. Un placer de verte de nuevo y estar contigo. Perfect. Just the same. Gracias. And this was Atenea Americana. Atenea Americana. Stanford, 90.1 FM. Radio Atenea Americana. A window to the Latin universe. This is Radio Atenea Americana. Bilingual house of culture. On the air and online. Su casa de la cultura en la radio y online. Para la radio 90.1 KCSU Stanford. I am Isabel Juves. Isabel Juves. Vuelve pronto. Atenea Americana. From Stanford to the world. Remember to come back soon. Ciao. See you later.